Welcome to The Lab. What's going on, all you Brainiacs out there, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palmer, joined, as always, by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? Jack, I have, I have a rant to go on just for a second about Table you. Two. And yeah. I've, said, I've said this before. I've said this before. You don't answer text messages. No, you don't. Like, even right before we got on this, Lucas was like, don't be late. And then you just you just showed up, which is fine. You showed up. But you asked me for a movie recommendation, and I gave you all this stuff. And then you don't even text me back like, thank you, or, yeah, I watched this movie. This is what I thought. Or, no, I didn't end up watching these, but I'll give it a watch some other time. My bad. I actually didn't end up watching either of those movies. So, sorry, Shane. You suggested two good ones, but just wasn't the vibe just not the just night. not good enough for jack apparently to oh Oscar... the, fa- the father movie looks so sad i there's no way we could have watched that one that yeah day. i cried at the end wasn't looking for that watch the bill murray movie about how he dresses up as a clown and robs a bank so yeah that, that was that were you waiting to give that as a suggestion like were you trying to verify your choice of movie at that point you're no, like no, i'm no. watching this movie i'm just waiting for shane to say watch this movie no 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 <laughs> that's and funny like, and, then, and then in our in our group chat yeah like and this is what we're going to start with today julio jones is rumored to go to the patriots and you have lucas and i going back and forth on the value of justin herbert on the potential value of Lamar Jackson. If he goes to the Ravens, maybe he ends up with the Patriots and Jack is radio silent. Now you better have a pretty good explanation on what you think right now and that you were saving for the podcast. Cause whenever I get into an argument with Lucas, no one wins because it's just me versus him. That's true. You never step in. You never step in. Yeah, that's true. Whenever you guys aren't in an argument or, or Jack and I are in an argument, Shane and I always take sides. Yeah, no, I, I was just letting that one play out there. But no, seriously, if we're talking Julio Jones's value, if he gets traded to the Patriots, I think it drops pretty substantially from where he was with the Falcons. I don't know if Mac Jones is the quarterback, that might be a different story. But with Cam Newton currently at the quarterback position, I don't know if I like Julio Jones's fantasy value on the Patriots. He drops pretty significantly for me. Um, if he goes to the Ravens, bump Lamar Jackson up a little bit if he goes to the Chargers bump Justin Herbert up a little bit I think he could potentially Shane you were saying top five quarterback I could see him being a top five quarterback next year if he goes to the if he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers I mean he'd be throwing to Keenan Allen and Julio Jones that's going to be the best receiving core in the league by a pretty wide margin so I'll take that um but for Julio Jones's fantasy value I hope he doesn't get traded I think there is a very high chance he is going to get traded Best destination, probably, I guess, would be the Chargers. I don't know if he's even the number one receiver there, though. No, Keenan Allen is clearly the number one receiver. Julio is also, like, old and very injury-prone. And and obviously, as you get older, you become more injury-prone, especially if you were injury-prone throughout your career. So even if Julio goes to the Chargers, Justin Herbert, of course, he gets a little bit of a bump. But I don't know how much because I don't know how much I trust Julio to stay on the field for a full season. Well, if we're banking on let's if we're projecting Julio Jones to play like 13, 12 or 13 games, I think Justin Herbert's top six. I do. I, I, I you know, you have the, the obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I think those guys are right there. And then right after that, I think it's Justin Herbert. It's Justin Herbert on a tier with Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. I think that's the next year. Look, I mean, I, I'm 
I'm a little bit more hesitant than that because even if Julio plays 12 games, how much of an upgrade is he actually over Mike Williams at this point in his career? Significantly. Not, it's, it's not, Julio it's not Jones. significant. He's 33 years old and injury prone and a wide receiver. Like it's not that significant. Mike Williams is younger, more athletic, a worse receiver. Absolutely. Julio Jones is a better receiver, but at this stage in his career, I don't know how much of an upgrade that actually is. I think you're I think you're underrating Julio Jones's value to an offense and Julio Jones's overall athleticism still and Julio Jones is just everything uh, still with Julio Jones. He was the best receiver in the league two years ago, three years ago. I mean, this is and, a guy and, who and that's a big difference that significantly. That's not totally true. And that's a big difference three years ago to now the, his 30 season to his age 33 season. I mean, I just I, I don't know how much of an upgrade that actually is. I do agree that it is an upgrade to an extent. I just don't think that extent is as high as you guys do. It's not an upgrade to him. I, I can't, No, 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 no. It's an upgrade. I'm talking, I'm talking from Justin Herbert's standpoint. Yes, I know. And I, for you wrong, that's a, that's an upgrade for Herbert. Absolutely. Not only is and that's, that's what I'm saying in, in the offense showing that they want to give him as many weapons as possible to succeed in his second year in the league, but also you have a, albeit former formidable force at the wide receiver position. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to have a plethora of weapons to throw to. Obviously he lost Hunter Henry, but Lucas, you were saying Mike Williams. I, I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't, think I would, I would move Justin even. Herbert. I would move Justin Herbert up to eight. If, if, or nine, eight or nine, if, if, if they got Julio, I think the more important thing to look at is, is how much Julio is an upgrade over their number three wide receiver, because I don't think it's as much over Mike Williams as you guys do, but it definitely would be a decent amount over their number three wide receiver. So you're telling me right now, if you were to draft, let's say Julio Jones went to the chargers in fantasy, you would take Mike Williams before you took Julio Jones. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But, I'm saying Mike Williams is a, an upgrade over Julio Jones. That's not what I said. I said, I have been saying Julio is an upgrade over Mike Williams. I just don't think it's as much as you guys are saying. What I'm saying is if you add Julio there, suddenly Mike Williams becomes the number three wide receiver, which is more significant than Julio as the number two wide receiver. All in all, it helps Justin Herbert. That's the point that I'm trying to. It does help Justin Herbert. Yes. But I don't think it's as much as you guys think. I just don't want him to go to the Titans. That yeah. Kind of derail everything with AJ Brown at the moment. Ooh, went- whoa, 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 whoa. That might not be actually as terrible as you think it is. I mean, they lost Corey Davis this year, right? So they showed they could sustain two quality targets before. Now, Julio will be better than Corey Davis. He'll get more targets than Corey Davis, but AJ Brown's never had to be a volume guy. I don't hate that destination at all. I think they could both sustain fantasy value there. And I think there's both still top 20 receivers if that happens oh yeah i mean aj brown's not number five if julio goes there but he's still very clearly a wide receiver one julio honestly would lose again a little bit anywhere that he goes julio's value would drop at this stage in his career especially with just how much the falcons utilize him and how they utilize him i don't think any team is going to do that at this point in julio's career but if he goes to the titans being that number two target to with ryan Tannehill in a derrick henry led offense I, i i mean i wouldn't hate that He's still a wide receiver too for me if that happens. Yeah, he'd be near it for me at least. Probably low end. I'd probably move AJ Brown a spot or two down though. Then yeah, I'm projecting that huge volume for him. Right? Yeah, I would. I would probably move him down to seven or eight if that happened. But like again, still AJ Brown would be a very quality wide receiver. All right, enough of Julio Jones. He did go in our mock draft recently. I think in the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken, he went at pick 45 to you, Jack. 
But now we're in round five. Jack, you actually had the back-to-back picks there, 48-49. You took Kareem Hunt, Kyle Pitts. I went with Mike Davis. We actually spent a, a solid 20 minutes on our locker room show talking about Mike Davis. I wanted to go that full half hour. Unfortunately, we were not able to do that. But still, 20, 20 solid minutes of Mike Davis talk. This guy couldn't find, uh, find pants that fit his legs. I love him. I already love him. He's going to look good next year. Pants to fit his legs? Yeah, you didn't see that because he has. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. That he couldn't find a pair of jeans that would actually fit around his legs. So that makes sense. I mean, he's looking strong this year. Number one running back in that Atlanta backfield. If Julio goes, they'll be running the ball more. Yeah, absolutely. Both of you just made me seem so awkward there because Jack, you didn't. You just looked at me, and Lucas didn't see the tweet. So I didn't see the tweet. I I was so confused. I I figured Lucas was going to jump on that one because that's the type of thing Lucas jumps on. But wasn't. I mean, I did see those thighs, and good lord, those are huge. So it does not surprise me in the slightest that he can't find a pair of jeans. But I believe it's my pick now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you, you just pick. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and grab Melvin Gordon here. Uh, I've got Melvin Gordon as my RB24 still. I do not think Javante Williams this season will be as much of a factor as a lot of people seem to think. Javante Williams is was the youngest running back in the draft. He's 20 years old. I think he's going to need a little bit more time to develop. I do love Javante Williams as a prospect. I think they drafted him in order for next year when Melvin Gordon's contract is up for Williams to take over. So I still have Melvin Gordon as my RB24, and I'll take him here on a team where I only have Miles Gaskin as a, uh, for running back. I've got two wide receivers, got Travis Kelsey there with my first round pick, and I really think Melvin Gordon will end up being a pretty pretty sneaky low-end RB2 this season. I'm not a fan. I it, I mean, did, was Javante Williams a pass catcher in college? Um, not particularly, but I do think he has pass catching upside. I, I don't think that this season you're going to see – you're, you're not going to see anywhere near his ceiling this season, even if he does play. I'd be shocked if they used him a ton as a pass catcher, but he definitely has a lot of pass catching upside. If I were in your spot right now at 51, and he goes before this, so he wouldn't be here, but I would rather take the chick, because that's a two-headed backfield right now in my eyes, and I think that at the end of the season, Javante Williams could be the starter. While in Vegas, yeah. I'd rather take the chance on Jacobs, who's still on the board right now, on the on the off he would you know sustain that rb1 value that we just passed he was the rb8 last year and i know that they lost some pieces on the offensive line they tried to add it through the draft and they added Kenyon drake but i i like the chances of josh jacobs rather than melvin gordon leading his backfield at this moment that's oh, fair I, I have them i have them back to back um in my rankings 24 25 i think they're in very very similar situations i think Kenyon drake and javante williams will probably eat a similar amount of touches so i mean it's it's a it's a toss-up for me essentially but you know melvin gordon i i just i went with because i think javante williams or he's got more of a chance to have a bigger role than josh jacobs no and I, the thing with that i could see melvin gordon overtaking his backfield being the rb1 Uh, for a significant portion of the first half of the season, right? I don't think either of those guys, Jacobs or Gordon, are going to have full control of their backfield for the entire season. My issue with with Jacobs is is Drake is more proven than Javante Williams. They know what they have in Kenyon Drake. I think there's a higher chance that he splits backfield touches while Jacobs might get a higher percentage when they're splitting carries. I think there's a higher chance that Jacobs splits touches for the entire year. So I think there's a chance Drake takes goal line carries. I think there's a chance Drake takes a couple receptions each game. So I don't think Jacobs ever gives you that ceiling that we have seen in the past from him, where I think you could see a ceiling from Gordon that's a little bit higher. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I took him over Jacobs. Yep. I also don't want any part of 
either of those offense, to be honest. I mean, I don't even know if I would go with Jacobs there personally with the team that I had built because I don't like the Raiders offense particularly much besides Darren Waller. And I definitely don't like the Broncos offense unless they add a superstar caliber quarterback still. Uh, Jack, I think it is your turn to pick. Yeah, I'm going with a guy who had double-digit targets consistently last season. That offense is crowded. I understand that, but I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson here. I think he's the pick at wide receiver. Um, he, he's a highly rated guy. He had 144 targets last season. Uh, overall, he was catching a lot of balls. He also dropped a lot of balls. It was an issue at, towards the end of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the target, the target numbers remained constant throughout the entire year. He had multiple games with double-digit targets. He had double-digit targets at every week from weeks like five to week about seven or to, for week nine ish. So obviously he's going to have the target numbers and the volume. The question is, can he turn that volume into production? And I think he definitely can. They're going to keep throwing in the ball. He's going to be in their wide receiver one in that offense in terms of target numbers alone. And I think he could have a big season this season. I mean, this is exactly where he goes. His ADP is 51st overall and you just took him 50 seconds. So if you are planning on taking Deontay Johnson, Fifth round is where you're going to do it. I think if, if you start two running backs, you grab a you know high-end wide receiver and you have a tight end at this point, then yeah, I think Deontay Johnson with the upside of a wide receiver one is a fine wide receiver two. I would probably take a, a, a bit of a safer wide receiver three in case he bottoms out and and maybe any any target share to Chase Claypool entering his second season or obviously they retain Juju. I think if Juju left, this would be a different story. I think we'd see Claypool. Gosh, he goes in the seventies right now. I think he would, he would go in the fifties for I sure. Think, I think Deontay Johnson might go in the forties, but Juju's back. I think that kind of skews things back to what we saw last season. And, you know, you, you just have to hope that I that think side of Johnson pans out then. I think it skews things to a little bit more of what we saw last season with a little asterisk next to Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool is the wild card. He had, a, I mean, he definitely balled out a, a bit his rookie season. So the question is, how much more is he going to get in his second season? And when it comes to Deontay Johnson, the question is, when will those drops finally catch up to him? If that continues early into next season and Chase Claypool is still going off, Deontay Johnson's going to lose touches. And that's the, that's the problem that I have with Johnson at the moment. All right, it's my pick right now. This is the team I have. Alvin Kamara, Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris, Mike Evans. So I have the two wide receivers, two running backs. Looking at what I have on the board right now. Gosh, this is tough. I think what I'm going... Let me cross Deontay Johnson off the board here. I'm not going to take a quarterback. With I, I did that with one of my other teams. I took Mahomes. But it seems like no one here wants to take a quarterback, so we can keep waiting that out. I have Najee Harris... So that's that's a little bit of a risk right there. And Alvin Kamara is a risk, too. So I think I'm going to try. You know what? I'll take a tight end. I'll go with Hawkinson here. I, I was going back and forth on a running back or Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson is going to lead the Lions in targets. He's probably going to lead the Lions in touchdowns. He might lead the Lions in receiving yards. They didn't really add anyone through the draft. They, oh, Amon Ross St. Brown. That's who they yep. drafted, right? Yeah. In the he, fourth round. He'll be a guy definitely to watch as a sleeper towards the end of your draft because I don't think Brashad Perriman or Quintez Cephas is going to have that big of an impact in fantasy for your team next year, but St. Brown could. But TJ Hawkinson, this is a guy that I still have, Jack, I know you don't, Lucas, I'm pretty sure you do, have over Kyle Pitts. And that's oh, yeah. as long as Julio Jones is still in Atlanta. If he leaves, then things will change. I see myself moving Pitts above Hawkinson. But where it stands right now with that Lions offense, I think TJ Hawkinson has a good chance 
if anything were to happen to one of those big three to finish inside of that big three at tight end. Absolutely. I love TJ Hawkinson. You're right. They didn't do much in the draft. The Monroe St. Brown is interesting because he's a guy who can definitely be a wide receiver one. He's got the size. The question with the Monroe St. Brown in my mind is can he create separation effectively at the NFL? My biggest concern when it comes to wide receivers and why I believe guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Tylen Wallace fell and Nico Collins fell a little bit down the board is because they're, they're guys who are big, really good at catching that 50-50 ball. But the question is, how much separation can they create? Because at a college level, they couldn't do it extremely well. So at an NFL level, you'd expect that to, to be even worse. And it's a lot harder to catch 50-50 balls over NFL cornerbacks. That's the question you're, you're, you're needing Amon Ross St. Brown to answer. But if he can prove that he can meet that bar, and you know, from what I saw on tape, it, it's absolutely a possibility. Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely a sneaky, sneaky guy to take over that Lions back or that yeah. Lions wide receiver court. And as the last pick of your draft, why not? Yeah, At least for absolutely. now, I haven't seen I haven't seen him go in the first fourteen rounds in Yahoo, and they usually cap it at fifteen, and that's when everyone takes a defense or a kicker. So he he still isn't being drafted. I know some people have deeper benches. So once we get closer to the fantasy season, he could be one of those names that gets talked up to maybe a thirteenth round pick. And at that point, you got to assess who else is still on the board. But at that point, honestly, that that opportunity to have, I'd probably take a shot. Absolutely. All right. So is it my pick now? Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm 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 got a team here with three running backs. I took three running backs with my first three picks, and then I have Robert Woods as my only other wide receiver. I'm gonna go and take another receiver here, and Robert Woods is is pretty safe. So I'm gonna take a little bit of a shot at a wide receiver here and draft Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has such a high ceiling. I mean, it's 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 definitely wide receiver one easily. The question is, what's his target share gonna look like with George Kittle? And, and Debo Samuel still there. The question is, is Trey Lance going to start at any point during the season? And okay, how's well, that he, look, he, he, I don't think he's played a significant amount of time, at least with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. He, he's played with all the, I think it was Nick Mullins and Bether and all those guys. What does he actually look like with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, if that's going to be the case? Absolutely. But he looked phenomenal on the field last year, regardless of his connection with Jimmy Garoppolo, he looked like the best receiver on that team. Granted, George Kittle wasn't there at the time. George Kittle will still be that best receiver. Brandon Ayuk could easily step into a number two role and have a really good fantasy season. He's a little bit of a risk, but I've got Robert Woods there for a little bit of safety. I'm liking it. I've got three really good running backs. I'll, I'll take a little bit of a shot with Brandon Ayuk because that ceiling, sky high. And that's why I would have considered... This Sorry, is where he goes, is the fifth round. He goes typically in the fifth round, late fifth round is where Brandon Ayuk is going right now. I would have considered Claypool over him, and here's why. I think there's a chance at this point that Julio gets traded to San Francisco. Now, obviously, you're not adding that into your evaluation of Brandon Ayuk, but if Julio Jones gets traded to San Francisco, then suddenly Brandon Ayuk's value is kaput, and it's not there anymore. The other thing with Claypool is we know that he's playing with Ben Roethlisberger, and while Ben Roethlisberger might digress, he's also a wild card. And I think the quarterback situation is a little more stable for him. I think the targets surrounding him are also a little more stable. Uh, you see Kittle coming in this year, didn't play a full year with Debo Samuel. I think there's a chance that Brandon Iowa falls all the way down to the third target in that offense. With Claypool, even if he's the third target, we know he sustains value. I don't know if Trey Lance starts or if Jimmy Garoppolo starts, if I trust um, Ayuk to sustain that value that you're going to need at your starting wide receiver position. Do I think he can be a boomer bust guy or a wide receiver too? Yeah, hundred percent. No doubt in my mind that I think he could do that. I just think Claypool would be, would have been a better risk to take there. Here's, here's the difference. I trust Brandon Ayuk 
to have that number two wide receiver spot. And I'm not taking Julio into consideration here because that's pure speculation. And, and I, I mean, that'd be like taking him into consideration with all 32 teams. Like it's just not reasonable. You know, you, I think Brandon Ayuk has a significantly higher chance of being the number one wide receiver on the team than Chase Claypool. And I know George Kittle's there and George Kittle's the number one target. Brandon Ayuk, I think will be the number two target. Whereas Chase Claypool, I, at least at, at the beginning of the season, Claypool will be the number three target. I could see him moving up as the season goes on, but I trust Brandon Ayuk to have that spot a lot more than I trust Claypool. We are in like the range of players that all have like really great weapons in that offense. And you have to determine who's going to step up out of all these guys. You have, we didn't take anyone yet from the Bengals. That'll be interesting to see who falls, what domino falls first there. You still, you know, Robbie Anderson was the first Panthers to think, where's DJ Moore going to go? Because he could be second or third in that team's target share with Christian McCaffrey back. A lot of different things that we're going to have to look at. Another one that I'm not going to say yet, because I'm hoping no one takes him until my next pick. But Jack, I think you're up. All right, sweet. I'll take Josh Allen here with my next pick. I have a team that's pretty solid. Um, I have two solid running backs, Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders. I have DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. Let's put the second best player at his position in Josh Allen. And hey, he could be the first best. We saw how upset those Bills were after they wound up losing in the AFC Championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs. Stephon Diggs was standing on the field look, watching the Chiefs celebration. Bills are going to come out with an edge this year, and I'm loving the edge that that passing game is going to have. Josh Allen could have a huge year this year. Don't doubt that. And listen, you won't get him here. His ADP is around 34, 35 in Yahoo right now. He's not on the same level as Mahomes. He still goes at least 10 picks later, but fifth round, unless again, you're drafting with experts, Josh Allen will not be here. Kyler Murray won't be here. Dak Prescott won't be here. Patrick Mahomes won't be here. This is usually the spot. 55 is Lamar Jackson's ADP. That's where you would usually see the fifth quarterback off the board. If listen, as it stands right now, if Lamar Jackson was there in the sixth round in an actual draft, I might consider that. I, I, I legitimately might consider, even without Julio Jones, yeah. I might consider that. Sixth round is the earliest I will ever take a quarterback in an actual draft. It's where I took Kyler Murray all of last year, and it worked out well. I will. I, I probably won't actually consider taking Matthew Stafford there because I don't have to, don't right? To. I can take him in the seventh. But, you know, I, I mean, sixth round, I would take a, a quarterback. That's where it starts for me. Unless there are very rare circumstances where I'll take it in the in the fifth. But but if you look at, you know, kind of how you need to develop your team, right? You take him in the sixth round, you have an opportunity to get two wide receivers, two running backs, potentially a tight end. Either that or you've missed out on a whole tier and are just going to take shots later on. But, you know, I, I mean, it gives you an opportunity to really fill out a roster and then take a good quarterback. And I already have a good quarterback on this team. I was the first one to draft a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. To go along with him, I have Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, Austin Eckler. So I only have one running back, but I'm going to keep it that way because there's a guy here that shouldn't be here, that won't be here when you draft. That's what happens when we draft. Not You guys don't really know how the draft boards are going to fall right now, so things are just kind of forming into what we see them as. But Chris Godwin, you guys talk about guys that could be the wide receiver one in their offense. This man last year was drafted as the overall wide receiver five and he just didn't end up panning out because of injuries and then Antonio Brown got added into the mix and I know Antonio Brown's back but he's also dealing with more off the field stuff not saying that he's not going to play but you get a full healthy season of Chris Godwin there's no re especially with Brady there's no reason to think he can't finish inside that top 12 and I think Mike Evans I, I think I took Mike Evans like over a round earlier than this 
I would have much rather had this later value of Chris Godwin of where I'm taking him right now. Yeah, I, I actually have Chris Godwin one spot above Brandon Ayuk. I just, I wanted to, with with the team that I had, I wanted to take a little bit of a shot on Ayuk. I think Ayuk's ceiling's a bit higher than Chris Godwin's. That being said, Chris Godwin does have a, a high ceiling. We've seen him reach a ridiculous ceiling before. You know, question is in that offense, again, you have Mike Evans, you have Antonio Brown, you've got a billion tight ends, you know, and, and you've got Tom Brady there. I mean, absolutely, Chris Godwin. I, I think Chris, Chris Godwin has more of a chance to emerge as the team's leading target for the Bucks than Brandon Ayuk has of being the team's leading target for San Francisco. That's true. That is true. That's absolutely. what I would say. And I, I, I didn't really need safety. Like, I had A.J. Brown, and I had Michael Thomas. Like, I was fine. I, I'm just building on that wide receiver depth and honestly creating the best core that I think out of all of us so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you're right. Chris Godwin does have a higher chance to emerge as the number one target there than Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, though, is a much more big play threat, is a, is going to be a, a better. I mean, with Chris Godwin, you're going to have to look at what's his red zone share going to be with Mike Evans there, with Rob Gronkowski there. Brandon Ayuk, I think, could have a, a significantly higher red zone share than Chris Godwin. There are a few reasons, but but that all that being said, it's a much higher risk because I mean, chances could, are Chris Godwin gets more targets throughout the season than Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about that, though, because Chris Godwin had seven touchdowns last year and nine the year before, and he had seven the year before that. He's going to get in the end zone. He's done it in the past. He's shown he's going to consistently get in the end zone. He's a guy that puts up double-digit points pretty consistently. I mean, you're, we're talking about him like he's a risk. He's really not that big of a risk. I, you look at his game logs, he puts up consistent 15 to 20-point fantasy games nearly every single week. I love this pick. I actually had him at 46 overall in my rankings. I had him evaluated as a fourth round pick, but I wanted Josh Allen instead. Um, and some guys were dropping here that I wanted to take. But yes, I, I have him pretty highly rated. I think he's a legitimate wide receiver too on a winning fantasy team. I mean, potentially he could be a wide receiver one if you go all running backs. I mean, listen, nine red zone targets last year. The guy still missed, what, three or four, four games. Six of those touchdowns that he had came in the red zone. He's the guy that Brady's going to look for once they get close. Yeah, no, and, and and that's where six of those touchdowns came in the red zone. What I say with Brandon Ayuk is a is a, a much bigger big play threat, but Chris Godwin absolutely is not risky. It's it's not a risky pick. He's he's a good bet to finish as a wide receiver too, at least. So Chris I mean, Godwin, I like the pick. Yeah, if if I miss out on Michael Thomas in round three, I'm probably more inclined to take a shot on a bounce back for for Chris, Chris Godwin in, in round four. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that at all. All right. Now I am on my team. I've got two wide receivers, a tight end and George Kittle, but only one running back. So I'm going to go ahead and take the guy, the other guy who I was debating taking earlier in Josh Jacobs here. Like you said, Shane, Josh Jacobs is not going to be here in most drafts, but Josh Jacobs is a guy who still could legitimately finish as a low-end RB2. I don't know how much higher because Kenyon Drake, I definitely think limits his upside. I have Kenyon Drake as an RB3. I've got Kenyon Drake only a few spots below Josh Jacobs. I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 split, but I do think Kenyon Drake is going to take a significant amount of touches. That's going to hurt Josh Jacobs' value quite a bit, especially since his value really came on the amount of rush attempts that he got, amount of red zone looks that he got. Kenny Drake's going to take a little bit of that away, which concerns me with Josh Jacobs, but I'll take him here. I mean, I, I thank you for that because as you know, as I was talking about Josh Jacobs and how I probably consider him over Melvin Gordon, like I said, I still didn't want any part of him. And he was my next highest running back on my board, but I, I literally still did not want to draft him. Like I was looking at the two running backs. I get the feeling. And I was like, 
I kind of want to take those guys over him. So maybe I should just rank them lower so that I don't have to tell other people to take Jacobs over, over some of these other running backs that we'll get to in a minute. I, I understand what you're, what you're saying, but when it comes to, you know, I think Jacobs is Jacobs. Well, Edmonds, I think is the last guy who really has like legitimate, like more than 50% of touch potential. I think everybody behind Chase Edmonds or maybe Kareem Hunt. I think, I don't remember where I have Kareem Hunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely got Chase it. Edmonds, I think, is the last guy on the board who really has like more than 50% touch potential being the lowest of the, the guys. Aside from that, I don't think anybody behind him will get more than 50% of the touches in a backfield. I'm with you on that one. It, it just shows the, the running back drop that we kind of have to face because this is your starting running back now, Lucas? Yes, he is. He's my RB2. Yeah, that's an see for me. That's an issue. I don't want that as my RB two. I'll take that as a flex play. I'll take that as a backup running back, a solid backup running back. But at this point, I want to have my positions filled out at the. I want to have my running backs filled out because unless I'm going no running back and I'm waiting and I'm going to take some PPR guys and I have the best wide receiver core in the league. At this point, that's an issue for me because, I mean, that's a huge drop off and there's a chance that you're getting duds week to week out of that running back position. So that one scares me away. There's a drop off, but there are players that you could grab that have so much talent and they just don't have full control over their backfield. But no. if they did, then they're an RB1. And I don't want to say some of these names because I don't want you guys to even like, Hines. Oh, I totally forgot. No, I, I moved Naheem Hines down a little bit. So, oh, like, really? I, well, because his ADP in Yahoo is like 111 or 112. Yeah. So, like, I'll be able to get, I wouldn't even, he's, he'll be my RB three if I need it, or even RB four. Like I'll, I'll take him as an RB four, hundred percent. I would, I would take him as an RB three. No question. RB four. Yeah. Well, like if, if I got to that point, like in the hundreds and it's like another wide receiver or Hines, I'm, I'm going Hines hundred. Yep. Is it yep. my turn right now? Uh, yep. I think it's Jack's. Oh, oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. You're up. Yeah. Jack yeah, is right, actually me. All right. So on this team, I have Saquon, Joe Mixon, Justin Jefferson, and Darren Waller. So I need another receiver or I could go quarterback, but I don't think I'm going to reach for a quarterback here because Allen was my next guy by a significant margin. So I'm going to go receiver, fill out my roster a little bit. I'll go my next highest rated guy, DJ Moore. So DJ Moore is the kind of guy who has put up over 50, over 14 points per game in PPR the past two seasons. He's fairly consistent. He'll have his big games. Yes, he'll have his duds. Every receiver has their duds. But DJ Moore can have a big game every once in a while. He can help me win some fantasy games. I like him as a wide receiver, too. I would not take him as a wide receiver, one. He's never really been a wide receiver, one. But he's been a solid wide receiver, two before. My biggest concern is Christian McCaffrey coming back. But he's shown that he can produce with Christian McCaffrey there before. He did that in 2019 when he scored 230 points on the season in PPR scoring. DJ Moore is the kind of guy I want to get two consecutive seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. I'll take that. He is also candidate for positive touchdown regression. He's only scored four touchdowns respectively in the past two seasons. If he can get some red zone targets, he could be there. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be more Anderson because I feel like Anderson's the one for the positive touchdown regression because he only had three touchdowns last year. That offense, I don't know. I don't know what our full expectations are right now, but with what we're projecting, it seems like Sam Darnold's going to have to have a hell of a good year to meet everything that we're kind of setting on the table. Well, here. Jack, Jack likes to talk about how he thinks the Panthers offense is going to be like a, what, a top 10 offense I in the I league? I think the Panthers top offense five. is top five next year. I, I, five. I honestly believe that. They have the weapons to do so. They have the running back to do so. They finally have a quarterback that isn't, I mean, it, do Teddy they? Bridgewater was do they good, right? Teddy Bridgewater That's was decent. Question. He had a That's high completion question. percentage. 
they they don't make that move if they don't believe Sam Darnold is a significant upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And at this point, I have to trust that. I'm going to believe that Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to throw the ball deep more. He's going to move the ball downfield more. He might not. He might throw more interceptions. He's probably going to have a lower completion percentage, but he's going to be a fine quarterback for moving the ball down the field in this offense. They have Christian McCaffrey back. I mean, that that's the weapon in itself. That is who you want on the field to move the ball down the field. And you look at the Chiefs game last year when the Panthers, that was the only game, one of like three games, the Panthers were fully healthy on offense and they ran with the Kansas City Chiefs offense the entire game and wound up losing at the last minute. So it's not like this offense hasn't shown that they can run with top offenses because they can do so in a shootout. And I think they could get in a lot of shootouts this year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Their defense is pretty bad. So, and they really, I don't think improved it a whole lot. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I could definitely see it. All right, Shane. One thing that you got to like also about DJ Moore, Jack, I don't know how deep you looked into it, but he's only missed two games in his entire career. One was because of COVID protocols. So that really wasn't even his fault. Other game was a, a concussion week 16. So yeah, he's, he's played a, three seasons now and only missed two games. I'm loving that. Yeah, no, you definitely want to find that as soon as, you know, when you get into the deeper rounds, you want to find those guys that you can trust that can, that are going to be able to start every single week, possibly for your team. And DJ Moore looks like he could be one of those guys. All right. Now I'm up. Here we go. This is, see, see, here's the problem. Oh, no, no, you took Jacobs. I don't have to worry about it. All right, I'm taking my next highest guy on my board. I have this guy at 53 overall. You guys probably won't like this pick that much, but I feel like, especially with what Urban Meyer is going to do and play Travis Etienne at wide receiver, that he's going to have significant PPR. Wow. Value. Wow. So I'm going to take Etienne okay. as my... Second running back on my team to go wow. with David Montgomery. So now I have Devontae wow. Adams, Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, and then David Montgomery. I Travis do not, Kittle. I do not like that at all. As your wide, as your RB two, I would not. That's that's too much. That's too much risk for me, especially with Chase Edmonds still on the board. He he should have some significant touches. Now you're right, Shane. If Travis Etienne gets legitimate snaps at wide receiver, on top of having some touches out of the backfield, you're looking at a guy who could absolutely have a PPR impact. I don't know how likely that is to happen. What's the last running back to get legitimate snaps at wide receiver in the NFL? Le'Veon Bell uh, with the Steelers. Aside from that, I, I don't know if I can even name I like liked how he was producing, though, with the Steelers. I'm yeah, I, was, I think that worked out pretty well. But I'm saying, how, how likely is that to actually happen? What was the last time that we saw a running back do that? Aside from Le'Veon Bell, what running back have we seen do that? I don't know if I if I'd really trust Urban Meyer to be the the game changing head coach that makes Travis Etienne the next Le'Veon Bell, but you know I mean we'll see if he does then this move will work out. I mean what do you think honestly? What do you think are the are the touch breakdown out of that backfield between the split between Robinson and Etienne right now as it stands? Yeah, that's tough. I do think Etienne uh, gets more than Robinson, but I think it's pretty 50-50. I think I think it's I think it's more just based on on the receiving ability. That's it. And I and, think that but but I'll take that in PPR. If yeah. this is standard, I think Etienne could fall all the way to the seventh, eighth round, truthfully. But because this is PPR, I think this boosts his value enough. And I'll take the risk here with what I have. And I have a pick coming up in two turns. So I'm going to take another running back, whether it be Edmonds or someone else that I have in a similar tier to Etienne. But I, I you know, I, I'm fine with taking the shot on him at this point. No, I really don't hate the pick at all. I was just thinking, what are these Jaguars running backs going to go? And 
with Etienne, if he's getting the receiving value, I mean, five receptions a game gives him value there, right? Because then he's scoring about 10 points. He's probably going to have 25 rushing yards and he'll have 25 receiving yards on five catches. And maybe a touchdown. And, and maybe a touchdown. And suddenly you're looking at a 12-point-a-game guy. You put that yeah. in your lineup week to week. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, who's going to get the receiving touches? Almost certainly Etienne. So, you know, I don't know if I – I think this is still a bit of a reach for him. I think there are guys on the board who I would trust quite a bit more as my RB2. But, I mean, if, if, if he not only gets the 50-50 split with the receiving touches but is split out as a wide receiver – sometimes then then you're going to see an, an NTN that that is worth a little bit more I've seen him go as high as early fourth round and as low as the sixth round is the cutoff that's the okay. cutoff his ADP is 61st so I took okay. him 59 yeah I mean I, I I'm not going to touch him at that value personally but I, I mean again if it works out then you can't be too mad the problem is I think that risk is really no, really high the problem is is that adp is going to go up as we get closer to the season that's because that's, that's when also gonna true because that, that's the, once we get to the fourth round i'll cut that off i'll take kareem hunt all day yep yep no question all right all right so it's my pick my pick yep. excellent i do have back to back and here i need a wide receiver i've got three running backs i've got stefan diggs who was my first round pick now we're, we're going to go down look at some well i don't know we've got mark andrews still on the board and he is enticing but I also have, hmm, never mind. I don't really have anybody, any wide receivers on the board that I love, except for one who I can get later. So I'll go with Mark Andrews here. Take that tight end. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews is the number one target on Baltimore, even with Rashad Bateman being drafted. Andrews is the proven guy. He's the guy, Mar he's the guy that Lamar Jackson has a relationship with. And I think Rashad Bateman will help him because Rashad Bateman's going to take a little bit of pressure off of Mark Andrews to, to be the do-all guy in that offense. And now I've got one more pick and I'm going to go ahead and turn this around with a quarterback. I'm taking my man, Kyler Murray here again, Murray will not be here, but you know what in the, uh, what is this? The sixth round. I mean, you can't be mad at a Kyler Murray pick there if he's on the board, but he won't be. And you can't be mad at what I'm going to do because I knew what your team was and I knew what I have. So yes, I'm going to take Edmonds as my now RB3. So I have Montgomery, Edmonds, and Etienne. So fine, you can view Etienne as my third running back and then look at that upside that he's going to have. Chase Edmonds goes around pick 44, 45 in Yahoo right now. So he also won't be here at 61. But if he was, I think Edmonds has a chance, especially with Connor's injury history. And we don't know how that backfield is going to shape out. And Cliff Kingsbury has said numerous times that Chase Edmonds could be a lead back. He could be an RB1. He could be a starter in the NFL. And we've seen it on multiple occasions that he has that ability to lead a backfield. Not that one time that Drake missed games last season. Of course, that ended up hurting him with that giant workload that he had. But he benefited from having another running back in that system. And especially for PPR, produced a decent amount of points per game. I don't have the exact number, but I can certainly pull it up right now. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Montgomery, boom. Yep. Uh, look, I mean, I, I see what you did there. Uh, taking Etienne before taking Edmonds, knowing your your crowd is is definitely an interesting choice. But I did have three running backs. You knew I had three running backs, so I wasn't going to take a running back. I, I wasn't going to take. Edmonds I wanted there. to take him in the fifth. That's all. I just wanted to. I wanted to spice things up. Take him in the fifth. I mean, that is very spicy. So he averaged in. Of course, it's not coming up. All right, someone go next while I try to figure this out. All right, I'm going next. I need another receiver here. Or I need a flex is what I need. I have Barkley. This is the team I just took DJ Moore with. Barkley, Mixon, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Darren Waller. So 
I'm going to go with a receiver here. I think I'm going to take, yeah, my next best receiver on the board. That's T Higgins. I think T Higgins. So this is an interesting situation because you have Joe Burrow coming back from his ACL injury. And if Joe Burrow's not the starter week one, which he should be all signs are pointing to him being starter week one, or if he's not the same, then T Higgins isn't the same. And he's now has another target to go up against in Jamar Chase. But he also loses – A.J. Green is also now no longer in that wide receiving core. So I think T. Higgins has a route for significant targets. I have Higgins, Boyd, and then Chase all bunched up pretty well here uh, towards this sixth, seventh round, eighth round range. So I, I think T. Higgins has the best opportunity, and I think he has the highest ceiling out of these guys going into this year. That might not be true with Jamar Chase, but I think – is the highest floor and the highest ceiling to go along with that floor. So I'll take T Higgins here. He was a guy who put up significant numbers last season. He came onto the scene as a rookie and was fantastic. We talk about this rookie ride receiver class. You have T Higgins, you had Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson was fantastic and he looked amazing. Well, T Higgins was right on his back. So I'll go with T Higgins here. Yeah. T Higgins usually goes overall 71 in Yahoo. So you reach just a little bit. I mean, if, if anyone had this pick in their regular draft and wanted to get T Higgins, they wouldn't be able to wait that much longer. So this is usually on par with where he would go. Yeah. Not a, I mean, look, T Higgins dropped a little bit cause I am concerned about Jamar chase, but I still think Higgins will be the number one wide receiver in that offense. Shane, do you have the numbers for chase Edmonds pulled up? Yes. Oh, sorry. 10 and a half in PPR. Yeah, he came out too. He had a little inconsistent. He was injured at the end of the season. Sure, Um, but he was also the number two guy. And this year he's going into the season as probably the number one. I don't think James Conner will be the number one. Yeah, I would say he's the one A to to James Conner's one B. RB RB 28 overall. So here's the problem though. And this was, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if James Conner is going to fill in this role that Kenny and Drake had, but. I have to pull up the Kenyon Drake numbers right now, but uh, Chase Edmonds had one attempt inside the five-yard line. That's it, and didn't score a touchdown there. Yeah, I don't. I'm. You're, you're probably going to be pretty right on that one. I would expect James Conner to be more of a, a an end zone guy, although Kyler Murray is the main end zone guy. So no, no right. matter what, that no matter what, like Edmonds had the one right, the one attempt. Drake had 22 attempts inside the five and scored nine touchdowns there. Wow. I'd assume six of those go to Drake or go to Edmonds this year. So what, Drake. three, two, three touchdowns? You're still giving what? At that point, you could probably give six touchdowns to James Conner right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I think that's a fair, a fair thing. I think James Conner sh- will almost certainly be their short down back. You know, I, I think James Conner will – I think they're going to split – uh, um, I think they're going to split rushing attempts pretty 50-50. And then I think Chase Edmonds is going to get just about every receiving attempt. So that's where I think their breakdown is going to come. He, James Connor, I'm trying to find in one of the more recent mock drafts where he went. Round nine. Round nine. We have two minutes left, Lucas? Yeah, it's on me. I stopped paying attention to the clock. Now oh one minute gosh. left. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's wrap. Who's up? Oh, you got. It's you, Shane. Round. No, it's you. Who, who just went? It was Jack. Yeah, but it's you then. No. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, that's on me. You, that's on me. You pick, then I'll pick, then we'll end it. All right, excellent. Well, I just grabbed Josh Jacobs with this team. I'm pretty filled out except for the quarterback position, so I will go ahead and grab a quarterback here, and that will be Dak Prescott, my number four quarterback on the board. 
I like Dak a lot. What can I say? He's he's good. He's got a lot of weapons. Dak Prescott going to this team. I have Dak Prescott as my QB three because I love Dak. And I think that what we saw last year was only the beginning of what he can do in that offense, especially when everyone's fully healthy and producing in a second year of CD lamb is going to be huge. Uh, with the final pick today at pick 65, this team has Eckler, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, Pat Mahomes, Chris Godwin. So I need a running back and looking at the next highest running back on the board. Do I have it? Did I say a tight end? I don't have a tight end. You know what? I'll do Kyle Pitts yet. Yeah, I've got Kyle Pitts. You did? When did you take him? In like the fourth round. Yeah, super, super high. I didn't mark him off because it was like ridiculously early. It was ridiculously high. Gosh. All right. I'm going to have to see this again. This is why you don't wait for running backs. because I don't like what I'm going to do, but I'm taking Leonard Fournette as my RB2. Ooh, you took him over Rojo? Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised by that. He goes Ronald Jones had a much better fantasy showing last year. Now I'll give you Fournette did better in the playoffs, but Ronald Jones was for a large portion of the season, a very, very serviceable RB2 week to week. Leonard Fournette believe it or not, goes usually in round five. What? That's well, a mistake, I think. I mean, I, I can understand it. There's definitely upside there, but not not upside that I want to touch in round five. I mean, I don't like – I'm going to be honest. I don't love the pick. Um, we'll have to see what I do with other running backs that I take later on. With done, done, team. done. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. That's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Football Laboratory. You can view this updated mock draft board and everything related to it on our website, fflaboratory.com. You can check us out on social media, at fflaboratory on both Twitter and TikTok. Got some great content going up on there today, tomorrow, next week, all the time. For the chemist, Jack McGrath, Spitfire Lucas Parrish, I'm the king of trade, Shane Palma. So long and have a good one.